Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, the show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm excited to have a longtime industry friend, Michelle Joyce, on the show. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me. Now, you and I have known each other since our agenting days, which you know you're still kind of doing, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But you were working with Jeffrey Gittimer, and that is when we were first introduced. I don't know if I was working for one speaker at the time, maybe Vince Pacenti or the Speakers Bureau, but we have been a part of each other's worlds now for probably over 20 years, right? Yeah, yeah, which it's hard to imagine that it's been that long. So talk a little bit about, you know, you first entered the industry and where you are today. Yeah, I came to work for Jeffrey Gittimer right out of college. It's a funny thing. I'm actually one of the only people I know that actually uses my degree. So my degree in college was interpersonal communication and marketing. So public speaking, basically. And I came to Jeffrey right out of college and I worked for him for 17 years. Oh my gosh. And it was such a fantastic place to not only learn the speaking industry, but also sales and customer service, because that's what his expertise is in. So I got the best of both worlds. Little Red Book of Selling is my favorite book. What's your favorite book of his if you wanted to learn how to sell? We'll put in a plug for... If you want to learn how to sell, it's hard to beat that or the Sales Bible, which is his first one. I do love the Sales Bible also. I devoured his books. He's so talented. Okay, so 17 years. This is like an amazing internship at the the feet of the sales guru. So... Then after that, you're like, okay, I've run my course here. Good for you. I probably had a lifespan of, you know, three to five years with any one given speaker. So good for you for doing that. Where did you go next? So I launched my own company. I did. You know, I'm a mom of two and I wanted to have the flexibility to kind of be in charge of myself, you know? And so when I first started my company seven and a half years ago, It was sort of equal bucket of speaker coaching, speaker management, and speaker consulting. And those were all the things that I loved, you know, and I had the the privilege of doing all of those things while I was at Gittimer. And so I was like, well, I'm going to just take all my passions and start my own company. And I had a good friend who early on said, you just watch one of those is going to take off and you're going to want to sort of drop the other two. And she was right. And now we are all speaker management all the time. And it's fantastic. I wake up blessed to do what I love every day. Wonderful. I love hearing that because, you know, when you're passionate about your work, it really isn't work, is it? It's uh, fun. And so, okay. So you run, and I'm going to say a speaker agency. What do you talk about the difference because the management piece is a part of running an agency, correct? Right. So I would call myself a speaker management agency, which is very different than a speaker's bureau, right? So tell everybody what the difference is in your opinion. Yeah. And that's a great question. I think there's a lot of, there's a disconnect, especially since bureaus these days also have an exclusive management arm. 
So I have 10 speakers that I exclusively represent on my roster. So I am essentially their director of events. All of their leads come to me. I only promote them. All bureau inquiries come to me. Bureaus are my industry partners in this scenario, but I'm really managing their entire speaking business, but only those 10. The difference is that if a client, let's say a client needs a leadership speaker, they have a $20,000 budget, they need someone on this date, they might call a speaker bureau and say, who do you recommend? And a speaker bureau would access a variety of speakers. They may not be exclusive to that bureau. They might be exclusive to that bureau. But I am sort of like an extension, an on-staff person for my speakers. You work for the bureau or for the speaker themselves, and you represent them in a way that they would want to be represented incredibly professionally, knowing kind of how they think and what they want and don't want. And the bureaus would be calling you. So a speaker's bureau might have 10 or 20,000 speakers in their database, but you're really only pitching 10. Right. That's correct. And people is, and working with the bureaus becomes a very important piece of that puzzle because guess what? They already have all the great clients. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to reinvent the wheel. How much are you doing in direct business with your speakers? Do you most yeah. work out? Like what, what are your ratios? That's a great question. It varies a little by speaker, but I would say if I had to sort of give a blanket statement, I would say about 60 to 70% direct oh. and 30 to 40 bureau. Oh, I have true. some speakers that are more kind of half and half. And then some speakers who really don't do a lot of bureau work, but I'm really fortunate. I work with some really, you know, top notch speakers who have all direct incoming leads. I mean, they really are established. They people know who they are. So, you let's, know, they hire me to be their sales agent. Let's talk through what you might look for in order to bring a speaker in-house with your agency. And we're going to get to we're going to talk here in a minute about what topics. I don't even know if I talked about this at the very beginning. We're going to talk about what topics are hot in the speaking industry. But if somebody was like, oh, she sounds amazing. I want to work with her. Number one, they need to be established in the speaking industry. What would you say your minimum fee might be? A fee above a certain level? Is that something that you look for? It is. Yeah. Most of our speakers on our roster start about that $20,000 range and go up from there. Yeah. They are established speakers. They're thought leaders in the industry. Um, so a lot of them have real skins in the game, right? They might own a PR firm or a consulting firm on top of speaking. So they're sort of noted authorities. Okay. Awesome. Well, that I think gives people a little bit to go on. And if they're not at 20K yet, then they can keep you out in their mind. And will you ever go beyond 10, do you think? Or is that like the perfect number? You know, it's the million dollar question every day in my mind. It really is. I've kept it at that number because I have a responsibility to deliver service to the client and the speaker. And right now that's very manageable. And I have a fantastic team that lets me do that. If we were to expand, I probably would need another me, you know, or a junior me or something like that. I Right now I'm very comfortable with the amount of business we do. And I am the number one sales agent on the team. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So moving into what's hot in speaking, 
I love this topic. I love to talk about this topic. What would you say has been kind of like a topic that you've seen from the beginning of your career until now? It's kind of been like a tried and true topic that doesn't seem to want to go away. Yeah, that's a great question. I would answer that by saying all of those high level, top of the funnel, top of the bucket topics are always going to remain true in our industry. Things like leadership, sales, marketing, customer service, those really, really high level topics. We still get tons of information from clients that that's still relevant. I think the difference these days are the nuances that that those topics take, right? So for example, when I was growing up in the business, customer experience really wasn't a buzzword. It was all about customer service or customer loyalty. Now CX is a huge topic for everyone. You know, leadership takes on a variety of different forms. We're hearing things like burnout, resilience, emotional intelligence, right? That falls under the bucket. Yeah. And all the cultural things, you know, for sure under that whole leadership element as well. Yeah. Everything is kind of evolving towards let's talk about motivational speaking for a second, because I think that there was a while there during yours and my tenure that motivational speakers were in style, then they were out of style and now they're back. (laughs) But what's the difference between what what have you seen in terms of an evolution on that front? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And it's funny, that term is really interesting to me, motivational. I don't really love it. I would call them inspirational, right? What's interesting to me is I work with very high content speakers, right? right? So these are people who have published several books. They're thought leaders in their own right. So we tend to attract clients that are looking for content, actionable takeaways. I don't really have a true motivational speaker on my roster. I think there's still a need for them. I definitely know people that are doing a lot of business. I tend to want to put those people on an agenda where it's a little bit lighter. Maybe it's an after dinner talk or an after lunch talk, whereas a high content speaker is going to open first thing in the morning or close it for everyone in the afternoon. But I think, you know, you talk about the evolution. That's interesting because when you and I were just starting, there wasn't a lot of speakers, really. It was sort of this this fun subculture. And now, especially with the addition of TED Talks, yes, there's a lot. It's a very saturated, competitive market out there for speakers. And I think that's important for new speakers to understand as well. Yeah, they need to find their place. And just because we mentioned that there's a hot topic over here doesn't mean that you go and deliver that. <sighs> you really need to be a legitimate expert on the topic of your choosing. We talk a lot over here at the Wealthy Speaker School about picking a lane. And now I've even talked a lot about like even drilling down even further on your lane and being an expert at solving one problem rather than being more of a generalist who's, you know, like the whole leadership aspect. Let's just have this one aspect of leadership be your baby. Right. And what makes you uniquely qualified to deliver that particular topic. But I love that you said that because I want my speakers to be known for stuff, right? When you hear the word customer experience, I want you to immediately think of Jay Bear, Joey Coleman. Like I want the words to be synonymous, right? Um, it's it's um, sort of 
The Fred factor is what I think of when I think of Mark Sanborn, who was your newest, was he the newest one to come into your stable? He is the newest addition, although he's not a new speaker by any means, right? Yeah. Not at all. He's been, as long as I've been in the business, Mark Sanborn's been in the business. And I think of him for the Fred factor, but what's he specializing in today? Yeah. So I always think of the Fred factor too, because it's phenomenal, but that's more of a service book. It's more of a customer experience, customer service book. Yeah. These days, he is really heavy into the leadership space, Yeah, especially because Mark did this fantastic research study during COVID mm. that really dialed in what leaders were facing in today's market because it had changed so drastically so quickly. And so his new keynote is leading the future workforce now. Oh Basically, God. it's here, right? Like it was yeah. going to happen anyway, but it is here now. Yeah. And I love that because it's rooted in such facts. Yeah, anything that can help people kind of move in the right direction based on an uncertain economy, that is so timely and so perfect. So I've watched him evolve through a lot of different iterations of himself. Leadership has always been kind of at the core of his message, though, and I think that that's very interesting that he kind of planted a flag in that stick, but then he's gone more and more and more narrow. Love that talk title. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. (laughs) Maybe I should ask you the questions that are on. (laughs) Okay. So speaking of what we just were talking about, actually, was what topics you kind of see coming down the pike. So say that name of that speech again that Mark's doing. Oh, sure. It's leading the workforce now. The few, I'm sorry, leading the future workforce now. Now. So anything future related, let's say that we see that coming down the pike. I think that's probably a given, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that applies to not only the leadership side, like Mark's delivering, but technology, innovation. Shama Haider on our roster does a great talk about the future of technology and what that looks like for businesses. You know, what tools and apps are they using? What does the workforce look like for them? What does that look like on your website in a time of self-service? People just want to go to the website and they want to get what they get, right? Like it's it's a very interesting time. If I get a message, which I did from my local CAA, I'm trying to, I think it's like AAA in the United mm-hmm. States, that we take X, you know, five to seven business days to get back to you. I'm like, what? What, where, what world are you living in? This right. is 2022. So I wrote about it. I only ever use Twitter to complain and I complained on Twitter about them. But talk about the DEI space, DEIB space. Yes, huge right now. And it has taken on a variety of forms, right? Yeah. So we talk about, again, the evolution of topics and speakers and clients' needs. Yeah. You know, culture and diversity doesn't just mean gender or race anymore in the workplace. It's employee preferences. It's four generations in the workplace, right? It's so much. Anton Gunn on my roster is one of the leading authorities on that. And I always tell him he's going to love this, but I always joke with him. I should have a bracelet that said, what would Anton do? Right. Cause he's such an amazing resource and he gets a lot of clients that say, we don't know how to talk about this or it's uncomfortable and we don't know what we're doing. And he always just has the right answers for people. People with disabilities are not being represented or weren't being represented at the beginning of the whole diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging space. 
I'm learning so much about all of these things. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? Critical thinking, somebody just, we were talking at breakfast the other day about how critical thinking should be taught in school because just learning how to learn. Yeah. Like by being exposed to new ideas, I look at a picture that somebody took at a conference of the judges of a thing and it's like four middle-aged white guys. I see that completely differently as I, than I would have, you know, five or six years ago. It's very interesting how to me, how we've just learned how to think in different ways. And Absolutely. that's what all of these speakers need to be providing. Well, and at the, the rate at which it has happened so quickly, right? I mean, if you look at history, yes, it just feels like everything these days is happening so quickly. And so clients are struggling to keep up and, you know, bless them. Because sometimes they're like, I don't know what I'm allowed to say, what I'm not allowed to say. It yeah. changes by the week. Like, I think I understand this. And then I realize I can't say it. It's, it's just a lot. And the advice there is just to continue to learn, continue to be open, continue to have conversations about it. Well, talk about some of the interesting bookings that you've seen come down the pike lately. What are some things that you've thought, oh, that I never expected to ever see that? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. I just got one a couple of days ago, which was super Ooh. interesting. A client asked one of my speakers to spend an entire week in Costa Rica. It's a rough life, I know, because high-performing leaders need to come together and to be able to experience different activities that further pushes them, right? So they benefit from content, like my speaker is going to deliver, but they're going to challenge themselves to like learn how to surf or go on a really difficult hike or something. And it was a way to sort of take them out of their business for a week and center them and encourage them and give them a chance to sort of come together and network. So that was an interesting thing. We're seeing a lot of around burnout and resilience and things like that. Nice, nice. I was saying high ropes through the Amazon could be very, very interesting. (laughs) Oh, how cool is that? That one was a neat one. Yeah. And when it comes to recession, we've been Mm -hmm. hearing the word recession a lot lately. And I put out a little post on Facebook not that long ago that said, you know, okay, I'm hearing this, but I'm not seeing evidence of it in my own world. What are you all experiencing? And it was all just good news, good news, good news, good news. And so in terms of your own world, what are you seeing with regards to what's to come? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I'm not seeing a lot directly of that per se right now, I'm seeing more inflation, right? Or the cost of doing business has definitely gone up. Air travel has become a significant challenge. Flights are not only way more expensive, there are fewer options. And so that has been something we've we've kind of been hit with recently. I used to be able to book a speaker on the West Coast, no problem, knowing that if they were done by noon, I could get them to the East Coast for the following day. We're having to literally check flights before we book every event these days because they're just not available like they were before. That's been an interesting trend. Yeah, for sure. And the costs of everything you're right have gone up and you do have to wonder if people are going to pull back as a result of that. Have you seen any companies laying off or hearing about, have you heard of anybody laying off? 
I have it was an, it was an interesting conversation during when COVID first happened. You know, when COVID first happened, there was a lot of that. And then we saw them immediately hire back, which I always thought was interesting. You know, it was like this weird circle because now what we're learning is they're having a sales meeting and 30% of that sales force hasn't met anyone yet, right? If they're coming together for the first time, they're new. They were hired during COVID when everyone was virtual. So that's been really interesting. But I think, you know, there's always in this business, and you know this more than anyone as well about the the cyclical effect, right? We're always going to go through these weird times where there's mergers and acquisitions and companies go out of business. And I think, you know, the best advice for a speaker is, is to be aware of those changes, be, be nimble, be able to speak to that when clients need that. And I love the idea of a topic that says, you know, how to sell during a recession or whatever it might be, you know, we really want to be able to see what's coming and then figure out how do I provide value based on that? Yeah. We had a lot of speakers over here who did amazingly well, best years ever of their speaking business, because especially uh, Meredith, who I think you know, Meredith Elliott Powell. Yeah. You know, it was like she saw the fire, she put the fire hose on her shoulder, ran towards the fire, and said, How may I serve? And turned out to have her not. That wasn't with a big intention of booking business. It was just, how can I serve? And ended up having her best year ever in the first year of COVID. So it's like, we know it's possible. Yeah. Well, especially when you come from a place of service. Hmm. You know, I have always looked at sales as service. I mean, people have needs and my job is to help them. So I think if people can always maintain that mindset, they will always succeed. That's a great frame on it for anybody who's a little anxious about picking up the phone. I'm here to serve. Yeah. Have something that's valuable. Do you need it? Or if you don't, that's okay. I'm on to the next person. So that's a terrific way to look at it, Michelle. I love watching you on social media. I wish I got to get with you a little bit more often, maybe give you a big hug. I do hope that we're going to be able to do that sometime soon. Hey, if people want to get in touch with you, how should they do that? Yeah, my website is simply my name, michellejoyce.com. And my email is michelle at michellejoyce.com. I'm pretty easy to find. Okay. And I want to put in a plug. I did a session, a podcast not too long ago. It was a master's class and we liked it so much. We ended up putting it in the podcast with Karen Harris, one of your colleagues, BMI speakers. And then we got into the nitty gritty of, where do I find an agent and so on. So just so you know, if this is a topic that's, if you're not at 20,000 yet ready for Michelle, just know that we do have another podcast. You can search Karen Harris and make sure that you fill in some of the blanks from today. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. You can tell your family they can make some noise now. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I'll see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.